<laughs> Welcome to Facing Fear with Sarah. My name is Sarah McInerney Hawk. I am your host. I went from 30 flirty and thriving to 30 flirty and surviving. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 30, and prior to that, I had faced a lot of fears in life, which led me to creating this podcast in 2019. Fast forward, here we are many years later, and I've interviewed over 100 different guests with many stories of how they face fear while remaining unapologetically authentic. That is what we are here to do, encourage you to live your life unapologetically and authentically. The Facing Fear world recently got a little bit bigger because a new part of it is in the world, and that's my book, my very first book. It's called Does Carcinoma Mean Cancer? It covers the four days between being tested for cancer and finding out that I had it, and the funny things that happened in between. Well, you know, funny, happy, sad, etc. It can be found anywhere on Amazon, and it's a graphic memoir, which means it is 70% art, 30% text, and it's 74 pages long. So it's something you could read in one sitting, revisit multiple times because the art has a lot of dual meanings and I'm so proud of it. Go check it out on Amazon or facingfearwithsarah.com backslash book. All right, let's get into this week's episode. So the book release date is rapidly approaching and I set this date weeks ago, uh, which is not normal. You don't do that. You don't usually decide to release a book in weeks amount of time. It's either, you know, a quarter, months, half a year, a full year, but your girl is self-published, independent and balling on a budget. So I said, you know what? F it. Six or no, I think I did this eight weeks ago and said, bam, this is the date done over with. So that's what it is. That's the date. Uh, that's when the book is coming out, ready or not, is what it is. I am excited. I am nervous. And we'll see. At the end of the day, it's just art. Like, we're just doing art. We're putting art out there. It's all good. If 100 people buy it, amazing. If my mom buys it and that's it, <laughs> we'll see. But today, with the book rapidly approaching so quickly, I thought I would do a little behind the scenes, how the book came to be, and then also some FAQs. So I always post a blog post when I do new episodes, and usually it just gives you the description, you know, the link to go listen to the episode wherever you want to, and sometimes it includes a few extra things, but today you should definitely go look at what I post along with this episode because I'm going to share some visuals of some before and afters and then also a visual that I'll talk about later. So you can find this at facingfearwithsarah.com backslash podcast episodes, or is it just podcast? You know what? Just click the link in the bio. That's why we give you a link and you don't just have to say it out loud. Like I just said, okay, great. All righty. So I want to start with how the hell this all started. So this actually started with a free writing workshop back in October, 2022. If I'm getting the date right, I think it was October 19th, 2022. If I'm looking at my Google calendar correctly, And this free workshop was put on by an organization called Wildfire. If you listen to the previous episode called Burn It All Down with April from Wildfire, you'll know what I'm talking about, which organization. She has built a magazine from the ground up that is by and for people with breast cancer. And usually she aims at people who are, quote, too young to have breast cancer. And I did this free workshop. I know exactly where I was because this essay prompt was so powerful to me. I was at a Starbucks on Shadeland. Shout out indie people. You'll know where that is. (laughs) Um, Because I was in between appointments. I was in between an allergy appointment and a cancer appointment. So I was like, okay, I can sit here and do this and then keep it moving. And the essay prompt that April prompted us with in her pop-up shop was it all started when dot 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 and I just unloaded it was like she poked a water balloon within me like I was the water balloon and April's prompt was a needle and she just poked me and it just snapped I sat there and like 
I remember my hand hurting. This was before I had the keyboard for my Remarkable, which I'll also tell you about the Remarkable. But I just remember um, just being like, bam, go, go, go. It was like taking off as a sprinter in a track race. I just knew exactly where to go, what to do, and what to say. Now, when you're doing a little writing workshop and you're doing some essay prompts, your goal is not perfection. So I'm not saying that it came out completely perfect, but I just unloaded. The water poured out of the balloon. There was there was absolutely no more balloon. Again, it's not perfect. I don't even know if I ever went back and edited it, but okay, this is what I said. This is how the essay started. I said, it all started when disbelief, zero doubt, fearlessness, invincibility. The doctor told me I had invasive ductal carcinoma and I asked, comma, so should I really tell people I have breast cancer, question mark? It started with me thoroughly believing this would not change my life. It started with me thinking that this would not be that big of a deal. It started with me thinking, how am I going to do this without any medical knowledge? <laughs> it started with me confidently assuming I would have this little piece of cancer cut out of me and I'd never have to have anything else done. It all started when I called my mom. It all started when I asked her, what if I get this removed and nobody knows and I never change? Do I still call myself a survivor? It all started when I had a belief that no fucking way was this going to happen to me. It all started with denial and disbelief and it all started when. So that was my messy essay that I wrote in response to the prompt that was given during that workshop and she doesn't just give one prompt it's multiple and she sets a beautiful little timer for you and everything it's so great I cannot brag about wildfire enough go back to the most recent episode it's called burn it all down with April and she is the founder and uh, editor-in-chief of wildfire magazine so much more than a magazine and you should go buy the magazine if you didn't hear me talk about it a million times before here's one more time I wrote a creative essay that landed me published within her magazine, so go check it out. So that was my essay that kind of started this whole book. And you're probably like, okay, how? <laughs> so I have something called a Remarkable, and it is a tablet that is aimed at focus and the writing experience. So this tablet is unlike an iPad or a traditional tablet in that it doesn't have color, it doesn't do app streaming, texting, all that stuff. Like they focused hardcore on the writing experience. So the tablet is about the size of an eight by 11 sheet of paper. It's almost as thin as that. Um, it's pretty thin, it's pretty light. And then their surface of the tablet is a little more coarse than say like a glass iPad or iPhone or whatever because again their whole experience was like how can we create we create a pen to paper situation and focus um their branding is so beautiful so remarkable go check them out they're amazing I've probably sold like six people on getting one of these now and they are not cheap and I've received zero commission Woo! Um, because I'm not an influencer like that, okay? But you should go check out Remarkable. Um, so I have this tablet. On this tablet, when you get it, it comes preloaded with all of these templates. So you can choose like um, college ruled, wide ruled. You can choose a graph. You can choose a grid. You can choose dots. You can choose nothing. And they have this one layout that, looking back now, I called it like cartoon style. But what it really is, is it's like when you used to print out a PowerPoint and you would print the notes. So it'd have four squares and then lines underneath for the notes, right? So they have a format like that. And I don't know what I was doing, but one day I was just messing around on it and I see this template come up and it's four squares and then lines underneath it. And I think the essay was probably on my mind. I, the, my one complaint with Remarkable is unlike, you know, if you start like a Word document or a Google doc, like it tells you, like, you could go back years and see, like, oh, I started this on this day on this time. Remarkable doesn't do that, to my knowledge, which is kind of annoying because I would love to know, like, the exact dates. But from my, what I started to find when I was looking back today was that I think I started this about a month after that essay. So I should look back in my calendar and see what I was doing that day. It's the only way I remember my life. But anyways, so I start storyboarding this time in my life when cancer was a secret 
And those days are from when I was tested for it to when I was told that I have it. And I started sketching all of that out, literally stick figures, black and white. I have posted some of the sketches that I did on my social media. So you should go check it out because (laughs) it's pretty amazing what I went from to what the book is now. And so I kind of like the essay again, I'm like a water balloon just being popped. And we'll say this time, the thing that popped me was the remarkable. So I start just going ham and drawing out scenes of what happened between being tested for cancer and finding out that I had it. So I started sketching out me in the mirror, you know, checking out my boobs. I sketched out going back to work and pretending like everything was fine. I sketched out calling my mom and telling her like, Hey, they're sending me to a specialist. I sketched out telling Jacob at dinner and he and I being like, Oh, no big deal. You're quite literally 30 flirty and thriving. (laughs) I sketched out going to the doctor. I sketched out being fucking freezing um, as I continued kind of further and further into the appointment and started realizing, this is not normal. Um, So I sketched out the whole thing. And before I knew it, I had like 16 pages of these four little squares of sketches and then my writing underneath to kind of caption them or compliment what was going on in the pictures. Um, again, I, you know, I definitely consider myself an artist because an artist can be defined in almost any way, but as far as like sketching and drawing comes, not exactly my thing. The remarkable is making me get better because it's so much fun to sketch and doodle and whatever on. Um, but yeah, it was, it was not pretty. So I had this like stick figure story and I sat on it for a few weeks and just, it would not leave my mind. And I was like, you know what? I want to see if I could hire somebody to make this into something that other people would actually enjoy consuming rather than my black and white stick figures and disproportioned like scenes. So I started looking around on the internet and, you know, I looked at like whatever that site is where people just kind of like pick up random jobs. I looked on Instagram for illustrators. I took a few, you know, kind of like intake calls with illustrators. And at this time, like the length of the project and based on what I was looking for, it was going to be thousands of dollars to have somebody do it for me, which I'm not complaining about. I highly respect because art, especially custom made art is not cheap and should not be cheap. But I was kind of at this time where I had literally just finished active treatment. We're still catching up on bills. We're about to go into January and start all over with a new out of pocket deductible, blah, blah, blah. Excuses, excuses, right? I didn't have the money was the main thing. So I was like, Hmm, well, you know what, if I am going to spend money, let me do it locally. So then I posted on LinkedIn and Facebook and I was like, Hey, does anybody know of an illustrator? I'm looking for some simple graphics. I already have the whole thing sketched out. I just need somebody to take it and make it prettier. And the world being as lovely as it is, you never know who, you know, you know, um, I had posted on Facebook and at the time I was still at finish line which we are a large organization and where I worked in Indianapolis, we've got about three to 500 plus people in the building. So, you know, everybody, but like not intimately, obviously it's like a small town. So this woman, Carissa, who's at the time, where was I working? I was, yeah, I was downstairs. She was upstairs and she was like, Hey, you should go talk to Kevin Samola in marketing. He does this kind of stuff. And it's just, the whole thing is just so funny because here I am like sitting downstairs in this large corporate office. Somebody from upstairs sees my posts and comments on it. And the guy she points me to probably sits like 300 feet away from my desk. And I was like, okay. So I hit up this guy, Kevin, and I had knew who he was, you know, probably waved to him in the hallway, but did not know him very well at all. But I learned that he's got this whole art stuff on the side, which is so cool. And he works in marketing. And specifically, he does a ton of graphic design for Finish Line. And so I message him, go over to his desk, kind of chat with him. And I was like, hey, this is what I have. I'm wondering if you could turn this into something. And, you know, I was like, look, man, I know art is not free. So let me know your rate. And my little brain, I was like, fingers crossed for a Finish Line fam discount. Um, but I was like, at least I know him. He knows me. Like, this will be more fun than just a random person on the Internet. So... 
Uh, we have a few meetings so he can like look it over, kind of really see what I'm talking about. What do I want? What do I want to do with this stuff? And probably after like three weeks, he comes back to me and it was like, yeah, let me get back to you with a rate and like just the time I think it's going to take me, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, we were meeting on zoom, not at the office because, um, we're responsible employees doing our office work at office and our fun stuff at home. Okay. But anyways, we were on a, a video meeting and he was like, yeah, so I've made a decision and I've decided that I'm going to do all of this work for you for free. And I was shook, absolutely shook because I had already known how much something like this would cost. And it was in the thousands. And for someone who kind of knows me, but not really just because we work at the same place to say like, I'm going to use my time, talent, energy, and effort, and then give it to you for free. Uh, it made me cry like on the spot on zoom with someone who I don't know very well made me cry. So I was just so, so lucky, grateful, thankful, honored. And he was so kind to say that. He was like, well, I feel the same way. Like you're trusting me with this very intimate story. You're trusting me to help you bring this to life. Like the honor's all mine. And I was just like, oh, get out of here, Kevin. So we start working together and I think I sent him. Actually, this came together quicker than I thought because I just, again, looking back at my Google calendar, I had a meeting, um, in November, late November of 2022, where he and I looked at like the storyboard for the project. So he had come up with some fonts, colors, styles. And so we could go through and pick out things I did or didn't like and etc. So I guess I moved on this pretty quickly. Typical me though. Like why would I ever wait when I could just hit the gas pedal a hundred percent? Um, so then, um, we start working on it together and mostly that consists of him, you know, taking his time to go through and start sketching. And every once in a while he would check in and be like, this is the direction it's going. Do you like it or not? We go back and forth, looking at drafts, fixing things, customizing this or that. He comes up with cool ass ideas that absolutely blow my little stick figure sketches out of the water. Unreal. And I think we probably finished working on this the whole thing in January of 2023, which is looking at this product, the product that it is now, the product that it is going to be when you see it January 8th, it has come so far. It's actually quite insane. And of course I'm biased, right? I'm the one who started, created it, believes in it, has faith in it, but wow, just wow. And like I said, go visit my, the link in my bio after this so you can see some of the sketches of how it started so that when you order the book on January 8th and you get it, you have so much more appreciation for all the work that's come into this, which is really cool for me to be able to do, right? Because like nobody gives you their sketches and the ugliness of what the project was. They never want you to see that. Duh. I'm giving you all of it, which is really, really cool. So the, the whole project has come leaps and bounds and amazingness. And so now we're in January, 2023 and he and I have pretty much finished up working together and a few weeks go by after we're done. And I'm like, damn it. I really want to add like four more pages that have to do with, um, showing you the reader how to do a self breast exam, because if I'm going to put all this effort into writing a book, that has to do with, you know, how I found my cancer and then how I was diagnosed. I always want to put something out there in the world that can just make it a better place or know that by crossing my path, your day was better or you learned something or was inspired or whatever. So anyways, my last few pages that I have as an idea after he and I are done working together is a sketched out self breast exam. So you can learn in my book how to do a self breast exam, which is really awesome because we should all know how to do that male or female. So you're going to get a little bit of education at the end of the book too, which is really, really exciting. And I'm so happy to give that to you as well. So I'm like, Hey, I need four more pages. I once again, sketched out. And I was like, look, I know we're done working together. You know, it's, it's well into the new year. I would love, you know, I will happily pay you your full rate. And he's like, yeah, that seems really fair, blah, blah, blah. Here's my full rate. Every client is different for him, I'm sure. So I'll just say that it was hundreds of dollars 
for four pages. The final project of this book is about, I think it's like 68 to 72 pages. And I think I'm going to end up selling the book for between 10 and $15. Now, money isn't everything, right? No, because if it was, we wouldn't do stuff like this. But I'm just, I'm just giving you a little insider baseball here. For four pages, it was hundreds of dollars. You do the math on how much this book is worth for 70 pages. Okay? It's a lot. <laughs> now, I am not going to sell the book for thousands of dollars because that would be insane and it would never work. But I just, I really want to emphasize this book, you are going to get so much value out of it. And obviously, again, I'm biased. You be the judge once you get it. But it is so well done. And I know how much the art art is worth now because for at first it was all free, but then I needed more. So I know how much this book is worth if you want to do some math and sue some dollar and cents. It's, it's so amazing. Kevin did incredible, incredible, incredible work. All right, so we finished the final like pages of the book probably February 2023. And we're done working together. Yay, amazing, awesome. <clears throat> now, coming into 2023, my mindset was, yay, for the first time in two years, cancer is not going to be this headlining thing in my life. I've already been through the worst of it, you know, bilateral mastectomy, chemo, radiation, pills, all of it. And I just was like, sweet, this is going to be an awesome year. I had started making plans in January and February that I really wanted to change up my career. I, you know, had let go of some things that only reminded me of the past. Like 2023, I got it. Felt pretty good, looked pretty good, et cetera, et cetera. And that all quickly unraveled. Like, that's the best way I could say. Like, it just unraveled. I kind of took a turn and just all of a sudden always felt super sad, super anxious, very down and gloomy and doomy and just like I cannot explain what I felt from January, February, March, April. Yeah, a long stretch of four months. Then I I truly just wanted to live on an island. Like I did not want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to work. I didn't give a shit if I had to fend for my own food, make my own rice, do my own swimming to get fish. Like I wanted to live on an island so badly. I just wanted nothing to do with anyone. Um, nothing would make me happy. Um, I didn't want to do any more appointments. I didn't want to work, especially did not want to work. Like, I don't know, after going through cancer and how much it's changed my life and my priorities and stuff, I just was like, this is all pointless. Literally all pointless. I'm sitting here doing a stupid little PowerPoint while my brain is trying to sort through what just happened over the past year and a half. Like, this is so stupid. That's all I could think. And it wasn't like... <clears throat> It was my workplace or the boss or the work itself. I just was like, I could not match doing what an adult needed to be doing every day with any other feeling than fuck this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, every single day I craved just wanting to move to an island. I don't even, I don't need any supplies, nothing. Like I would, I would much rather take that risk and figure it out than stay where I was. Like that's how unhappy I was, how bummed out I was, how I just wanted nothing to do with anything. So January, February, March, April of 2023, horrible. I was in a really bad place. And then I decided I'm going to take a leave of absence. And luckily my oncologist um, helped me with this and absolutely backed me up. They were like, yeah, we're going to help you take a leave of absence for mental health reasons. And so that's what I did. And you would think like, oh, must be nice. You got to not work and get paid and sit at home and do nothing. Like, is this when you came up with the book and did all this creative work and started working on the podcast? No, no, I did quite literally none of that. I slept. I uh, did nothing. I took Roman for a walk in the middle of the day because I could. I don't even, I don't think I traveled other than a retreat I went on in March in Joshua Tree. 
But other than that, like, or wait, was I even on the leave of absence then? I don't know. I ended up taking eight weeks, I think. And I needed every single second of that time. And it was really hard to go back to work after those eight weeks. But I just, I could not function. So all that to be said, 2023 did not start out the way I thought it would, the way I hoped it would. And I just crashed and burned. And I think in April I decided, you know what? Like this is just going to be my year of healing. It's going to be my year of looking inward Um, that was really my mission to look inward and to look inward. That means you have to shut the fuck up. (laughs) That means you don't need to be producing a podcast. You don't need to be journaling on social media. You don't need to be uh, putting out new art, putting out new projects. I just needed to shut the hell up and look inward and be quiet and be silent. (laughs) Um, and so that was my mission to just look inward, look inward, look inward, look inward. And that means I didn't touch facing fear with Sarah for a long time. Um, for literally how many, for 11 months, I did not touch it. And I felt bad and I felt like a failure and I felt like I was letting everybody down. But then there's this really cool thing when you are a little baby independent artist, like I am, nobody gives a shit, you know? And that sounds so bad, right? Like nobody gives a shit whether I do or don't do art, whether I do or don't do the podcast, whether I do or don't do posts on social media, like truly nobody cares. And you could take that as a really negative, like feel sorry for yourself type of thing or really positive one that like nobody cares if I step back, step back and step away because guess what? They're just going to keep scrolling and there's going to be more posts and they ain't going to miss you. Maybe a little bit. Some people did. But so that's what I did. I um, just really stepped back, step away. And guess what? The world moved on. And nobody was in my inbox like, you are a loser. You're a failure. Where's the podcast? Where's the episode? And again, you can take that however you want to. You can take it as bad as like, whoops, was my art ever that impactful? (laughs) Or you can take it as positive as like, okay, thanks. Thanks for giving me my time and my space and my peace. So best and worst thing about being a little baby artist, nobody cares nobody cares. So do say what you want. Don't do anything at all. Whatever, whatever you need. So I stepped away for 11 months. And so that brings us all the way to October, 2023. And I've started to get a lot of my energy back and specifically that started happening in the fall. And here I am, you know, sitting on this book and truly I did feel guilty every fucking day. Like I felt guilty to myself, for sure guilty to Kevin, guilty that I started this project and I didn't finish it, which as a recovering type A people-pleasing person was just killing me on the inside. And then I met these people at a Office Max going out of sale, sale, or going out of business sale. I think it was an Office Max. It could have been Office Depot. Maybe it was Office Depot. It was going, this Office Depot was going out of business. And if you're a nerd like me, you are like, let me get in there and see what I need. And so I think I visited this going out of business sale like three times over three days. And while I was there, I'm going down the aisles and you know, it's kind of cool because everything is like so cheap and they're just bringing out everything they have in the store. And this couple is geeking out over, you know, these sales and whatever. And this woman specifically like the wife, she was so excited. And I just kind of was standing near them and I just kind of like turned to them. and I was like, I really appreciate your guys energy around this sale because that's exactly how I feel. And so then we're just laughing, like literally standing in the middle of it going on a sale at an office depot. And then I was, they were asking me like, Oh, what, what supplies are you getting? And what are you going to do with them? And like some of the supplies I got were for crafts. Other ones were for just like everyday stuff. Other ones were we got Jacob and I got a printer at the age of 32. Uh uh, that's when you know you're an adult. Whoop whoop. We got a printer for the first time, and um, they were like, "Oh yeah, well we're really excited because we own our own business, so we're getting like shipping stuff, we're getting like printing and copying materials." And I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah!" So <clears throat> here I am geeking out with this couple in the middle of the aisle, and. They tell me about their business and they also both have full-time jobs. These people are 
literally my parents age. Um, they have kids and they, I was like, how long have you guys had your own business? Like, is this a retirement thing? And they're like, Oh no, we both work full-time jobs still. I'm like, good Lord, how are you guys doing all this? And they were like, we just realized like, you're not going to get rich by having a life with only a W2. Like you need to be independent at some point. And I was like, Oh my gosh, great point. Um, a mentor of mine who was phenomenal with money and is pretty high up at finish line would tell me that all the time. He was like, you ain't going to get rich off a W2. You got to have other sources of income. So it was very interesting. But anyway, so they say that and I was like, wow, you guys are amazing. Like I want to be like you, whatever. And so they were asking me all about what I'm doing and my project. So I tell them about the book and they're like, that's so cool. Like we wish you the best. And I gave them a business card and sadly they've never reached out and I really miss them and I don't remember their names. I remember trying to find them on Facebook like right after we met and I couldn't find them. And now it's been way too long um, since uh, that interaction. So I have zero clue what their names are, but they had like their own marketing company. And I, if you guys are hearing this, please reach out. Hello at facingfearwithsarah.com. I would love to uh, meet up with you guys. <clears throat> but the point of me telling you all this story is that when I was asking them, you know, how do you do it? How are you raising kids? How are you both holding down full-time jobs and having your own side hustle? And they said, we just feel like God gave us talents and it would be selfish of us to keep them to ourselves. Mic drop. That was their whole like mission for doing what they do. And I just was so, I so related to that. Like, I really do feel like God gave me these talents of speaking and of putting myself out there and being vulnerable and creating a podcast and writing. I mean, just over the past three months, I have been given a published spot in a magazine and a freaking electrical bike thanks to my writing. Like, what the hell? Like, third grade poem writing Sarah would be like, what is going on? We have hit the jackpot. And I have. And that's so beautiful. But anyways, they say, they were like, yeah, we we were given these talents by God and we feel it would be really selfish to keep them to ourselves. And I was like, so they were a main driving factor. And that little quote they shared with me was a driving factor to being like, all right, I got to get my shit together. I got to set a date for this book, work backwards and just say, fuck it. Let's go. So a few weeks after that, I go home and I'm like, okay, we're doing it. And at first I was like, I must've ran into them in September because I remember my first thought was like, should I just put it out there and do like no marketing and just do it in October because October is breast cancer awareness month. And then I was like, no, because I'm going to self publish this and I know it's going to take some work that is going to take a few weeks. So then I started kind of sketching things out and I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to release it around Thanksgiving. I'm not going to release it around Christmas. Like I need time. But then I was like, okay, bitch, you don't need that much time. So just pick a fucking date. So I picked January 8th, 2024 and worked backwards from that. And I think when I picked that date, there was seven weeks between now and then. So yeah, it's quickly coming to a close here. And I made all these grand plans. You know, I was going to do this, that, and the other. And a lot of it I have done, which has been really great, but a lot of it I haven't. I remember I said I was going to pitch myself to be interviewed on 10 podcasts a week. Like I wasn't going to be on 10 podcasts, but I was going to make 10 pitches a week. Mm, haven't even done that. And it is now late December. Um, I was going to make a bunch of YouTube videos behind the scenes stuff. Mm, haven't done that either. Whoops. So most of my marketing has been just on Instagram and TikTok, definitely more so Instagram and using the podcast. And I'm not going to lie. I got a few weeks in and I was like, I think I'm in over my head. How is this going to go? What's the point? Is anybody going to care? And then I started thinking, you know what? No, we're doing this because imperfect art is better than no art at all. Imperfect art, greater than sign, no art. And that's where we're at. And when I'm using art in this context, I'm actually not using it to describe my book because, um, again, not to be uh, biased, but the art is pretty fucking perfect. <laughs> I guess I should say like imperfect marketing, imperfect planning, imperfect self-publishing skills, imperfect, all these things is better than not doing the thing at all. So I guess really the saying comes down to 
imperfection greater than doing nothing. So that's where we're at. We're at the just do it phase. That's how we kind of got to here. I've only got a little less than two weeks before it comes out. And so now I would like to wait, is there anything else I wanted to tell you about the process? Oh yeah. Okay. So I want to tell you like how I'm actually publishing this. So I'm definitely not an expert in the publishing world, but essentially there's two ways you can go. Get a publishing house, do it yourself. Your girl is doing DIY. Why? Um, Because I have sat on this long enough. I don't want to waste more time by running around and trying to sell myself, the project, and my soul to a publisher. Um, Pros and cons of both things. Pros of getting a publisher is you get automatically legitimacy with your name and your work because now you're a part of this group, right? Like this big publishing house. Um, Other pros, they help you market it. Other pros, they help you print it, ship it, all that stuff. Um, And they can probably do it for a hell of a lot cheaper than you can. Downsides of a publisher is um, it could take me months, if not years, to find somebody who believes in the work just as much as I do. And that was kind of my main thing. I was like, you know what? No, like I can't put any other excuses in front of me. Fuck it. So then I pretty quickly turned to self-publishing I looked at a few different routes because there are a few different ways you can self-publish and ultimately went with Amazon. Amazon, the best and worst thing that ever happened to any of us. (laughs) Um, But Amazon, if you are a little bit older like me, you probably remember the days when Amazon just sold books. That's all they did was sell books. So they've been in the book game for a long time. And they have a pretty reputable self-publishing system called KDP. And so that's what I'm using, KDP. So it's essentially on-demand printing is how it works. So I make this project, put it up on the internet. If somebody hits purchase, Amazon on-demand prints one copy, ships, and mails it. And then we split the profits. Um, This is a downside of self-publishing and KDP is when you do it like this... Amazon's doing most of the work, right? Like they're the ones with the website. They're the ones with the, the, um, hosting logistics. They're the ones who are going to print and ship it to your customer. So they're doing most of the work. So therefore they get most of the money. So I will make a very small profit off of every single book, but pro to self-publishing, I get my art out in the world. Con to big house publishing who knows when my art would see the light of day. Now, would I make more money if I had a publisher? Yes, I would definitely. Um, but again, I'm just at this point where I'm like, this isn't about any of that other than just getting this project and this God-given talent that Kevin gave to me, I've received from the heavens above and putting it out in the world. So that's why I'm going the Amazon KDP route. And I mean, major shout out to them. They make it pretty easy. They help you with what you're supposed to do. And then I have also uh, been my own editor. I have gone through 15 revisions of the book, um, which means I've like uploaded it to Amazon 15 times and gotten plenty of author copies, which are the copies that say like for not no resale on this, um, that are also not free. I have to pay for those every single time. Um, But it is free to make, you know, a KDP account and whatever, which is really awesome. So beggars can't be choosers. But yeah, I've been my own editor. I have had other people look at the book because if you go on the website now, facingfearwithsarah.com backslash book, you're going to see that there are reviews on there. So I've had six people review it for me already, which is really amazing. And um, yeah, so I've just kind of been my own little self book publishing person and It's been kind of fun. It's been a little bit nerve wracking, especially now that I need to absolutely tie a bow on this and be done with it so it can actually hit the deadline that I have set for myself. Okay, let's see here. I think that's all I wanted to share about the behind the scenes of how the book got to be where it is. So let's do a little FAQ. I've kind of been logging questions that people have been asking me about this book, about the project, as I've been telling people about it, sharing it, you know, people sending me questions on social media and kind of gathered them and figured I would share them with you. These are in zero particular order. 
So here we go. Okay, is the book going to be paperback, hardback, audiobook, digital? All right, so it is going to be a paperback book. And hardback is just more expensive for everyone involved. You know, me, the customer, Amazon, etc. I will probably order a hardback version of it for myself just to like keep forever and carry around with me and literally just like tape it to my heart. I don't know. Um, audiobook. I actually don't think it is fit for an audiobook because it's about 70% art, 30% text. So when you see it, you'll know. I don't, I don't think it's a good fit to be an audiobook. What it might be a good fit for is like a audio video situation. Like I could see me like doing graphics where like the pages are turning and I'm reading it to you and sharing stuff, but you would need like a video component for that because there's so much art in the book. So no, it's not going to be an audiobook for now. And then I have not figured out slash decided if I'm going to sell it digitally. Um, you know, like if you had a, um, Kindle, could you get it on your Kindle? I haven't decided that yet because the book is in color It's also so visual that I'm not sure a digital situation would work, how I want the reader to experience it and how you deserve to experience the art. A lot of the art, um, also I need, like, you need to look at it like a regular book in your hands, you know? So when you open a book, you've got the left page and the right page, right? And when you do a digital version of that, it's usually just like one eight by 11 page at a time. So again, I don't know if I'm going to do digital because I just don't think it works that way. So to answer the question, paperback, paperback, paperback. Um, how many pages is it? It is about, I should know. I don't know why I don't know this probably because it's been through 15 revisions, which is why I don't have the page number memorized, but I think it's 70 pages. How much is the book going to be? I think I've landed on 1299. I'm between 10 and 15. I think I'm going to go right in the middle and do $12.99. Where can I buy the book? You can buy the book on Amazon or on my website. And those links will be available so, 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 so soon. Could I use this book as a gift for someone I know in the cancer world? Yes, because it is between the book covers four days of my story between being tested for cancer, which anybody who's ever been tested for cancer or anything otherwise like you definitely know those feelings to when I found out that I had it and I actually think the book um, would be great as a gift because it will make that person feel very seen Um, one of my reviews is from my friend Kat and that's what she says she says you know I know this book is going to make someone going through something similar be seen and feel heard and understood. So yeah, I would say you could use it as a gift. Are you going to donate a portion of the proceeds anywhere? As of right now, no, that's not a forever thing. But as of right now, and as I launched the book into the world, no, I definitely considered that. Um, but the one organization I would really want to give the money to is an organization that I'm on the board of. And Yeah, I could technically use the book as a fundraiser, but I don't know. I just felt a little bit weird about tying this very fragile infant infant? Infant project to a board I just became a part of. It's kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of just trying to keep like business and personal separate. And then I thought, okay, well just maybe I could just do donate a portion to the American Cancer Society or something like very general, very broad. And I ultimately decided against it because as of right now, I'm, I've already taken on enough work trying to market this book all by myself. I don't have room to throw in like, and the proceeds of the book go towards this. And I really want you to learn and love about this and care about this nonprofit. Um, so that's why I kind of steered away from it. Now, if this thing really takes off and does so well, Hell yes, I want to give back. Hell yes, I want to do better than breaking even um, considering the money I've invested in this. Hell yes, I want to give out copies for free everywhere I go. And honestly, that's what I'll be doing. So 
yes, there is a giving back part of this. No, there is no official partnership of a portion of this book is going towards X, Y, or Z. Okay, next question is how much will you make per book? If I sell it for around like $12 to $15, I'll make between $2 and $3 per book. And then the rest of it is Amazon's, which you might be like, oh no, not Amazon, huge corporation. But you have to remember like they're doing majority of the work, right? Like they are printing, shipping, doing the you know backend logistics of their site and providing me a place to sell it. So it's fine, you know, it's fine. So Amazon will take majority of the profits. I will take some. Um, now what I am gonna do is buy, cause I can buy the book at, uh, and get an author copy. So I can get it for wholesale. But again, it kind of depends like, okay, how much money do I want to spend? Because, you know, the more books you buy, the cheaper it can be. So right now, I think I bought 20 copies and that was about $150, I think, you know, shipping, taxes, etc. And I plan to either give those away, um, give them as gifts, or I'm going to sell them straight from my website. Um, and then I'll do the shipping, handling, whatever. And I should be able to make a little bit of a bigger profit that way. But honestly, I don't fucking know. I'm just trying. We're just putting it out there. Who the hell knows? Maybe I'll become a millionaire. Maybe I'll be poorer than I was to start with. So we'll fucking see. It's fine. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. Okay. Next question. What age is this book appropriate for? I would say 13 and older. Who is this book for? I would say this book is for honestly anyone that knows me because you have been there with me through this whole journey. Um, so it will be really cool for you to see some things that happened visually that I've never shared or talked about prior. Um, because this was kind of my secret phase of cancer because the book is from when I was tested to being diagnosed. And during those four days, I did not run around saying, Hey everybody, I'm being tested for cancer. So I would say it's for people who know me. I would say it's for anyone who's been through their own cancer diagnosis, whether that's breast cancer or otherwise. I would say it's for caretakers for sure, because there are two main characters in the book, my mother and Jacob, and they were my uh, absolute main caretakers. And so it just, it kind of lends a lens. It lends, L-E-N-D-S, a lens, L-E-N-S-E beautiful sentence. Um, it gives a perspective from their point of view that I think a lot of caretakers will relate to. And then I would say the book is for anyone who's been through something in your life that's created a before, during, and after. You know, whether that was divorce, uh, you trained for a marathon, you got a new job, you got fired from a job, whatever that may be. Like if you've had a before, during, and after part of your life, you will definitely relate to this. While this is actually focused on the before section. So because the book ends um, after, before I even have an appointment with my breast surgeon. So it's really just four days, but I think as someone who's been through something really intense like I have, you will understand and appreciate it. And I would also say the book is for anyone who has any connections to whoever puts out magazines and books in waiting rooms in any kind of medical field. I think this book would be such a good waiting room book. It's visual. So I think while you're sitting there waiting for your appointment, it would absolutely like take you out of your head and into a whole other world. It's pretty short. I mean, it's only 70 pages, but like I said, this is like 30% text, 70% art. So it's not 70 pages of like rows and rows of text. So you could get through it. And then it also has to do with the medical world, which if you're ever in a waiting room, it's probably at the doctor. So if anybody has any connections of how I get this book into waiting rooms, other than just randomly dropping it in there, let me know. I think it would be great for that. All right. Why should I buy this book? I think you should buy this book because I have chosen and tried and dedicated and pushed myself to make art out of a really, really shitty deck of cards I was dealt. And honestly, as we know, with a lot of famous artists, musicians, actors, 
whatever it may be, a lot of those people who really make incredible art, it's because they've been through something really fucking hard. And I've been through something really, really hard. And I'm still going through something really hard. And instead of, you know, turning to all the things I could, and sometimes do, you know, bitch, moaning, complaining, um, I have really worked hard to make this situation into art. And I'm so excited. And not only should you buy the book to support me, but you should buy it to support Kevin. Truly, this project would not exist without him. It would be sketches on my remarkable tablet, and that's it. So if you want to support an independent artist, Kevin Samola, and an independent artist, your girl, me, you should buy this book. I think you'll love it. I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll read through it multiple times and catch stuff in the art and the designs that you didn't catch the first time. So this is not going to be a one and done and goes on your bookshelf. Okay. I can't talk about myself or this book any longer. So I'm going to stop talking. I thank you so much if you're still here, if you've listened to it all the way through. And January 8th, it's coming, baby. Let's go. You made it to the end of the episode. So I'm going to give you a little surprise. I was recently published in the Wildfire Magazine. It is the first and only publication for and by those who are too young to be affected by breast cancer. And you can go get this issue at a discount. So visit wildfirecommunity.org and use code wildfire15 or even better, use the link in my social media, in the show notes today. And if you use that particular link and the code, you can not only save yourself money, but you can also earn me a little bit of money as I get a kickback from every purchase used under Sarah's link. So go check it out in the show notes. The issue is themed the new normal and This is relatable for anybody who's been through some kind of storm in life and is trying to figure out who they are and who and what and how and why life goes on afterwards. So check it out. Go visit wildfirecommunity.org. Use code wildfire15 to save on your version of a print or digital copy of the latest issue called The New Normal. Thank you so, so much for your support.